The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples came and said to Jesus, Why do you speak to the crowds in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to him who has will more be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You shall indeed hear, but never understand. You shall indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their eyes are heavy of hearing. Their ears are heavy of hearing, and their eyes have, they have closed, lest they should perceive with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn for me to heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we have the full kind of context or the full section uh, that yesterday's gospel came from, that blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. And just to recap briefly what we were saying about the, uh, the profundity of the uh, parables was the fact that what the Lord can do is that he can take what is divine in terms of truth and he can place it into what is ordinary in terms of the ordinary events of daily life. Uh, he can put it into those parables like shepherds, sheep, fish, vines, vineyards, vine growers, all of these things that are available to our senses. The Lord is able to speak through these situations uh, in order to bring divine truth down to our level, that we might begin to enter into knowledge of Him. But at the same time, as just as it is a condescension, it is a coming down to us, it is also an invitation upwards. And so it is a way in which the Lord comes down to us that he might then draw us to himself. And I think that that's very profound then if we look at the first reading for today, which is that the people, as we've been following them through uh, the book of Exodus, they have since already left Egypt. They have passed through the sea. They have now been wandering in a certain sense or traveling in the desert on a journey that should have taken three days has now taken them between about two to three months to get to the foot of the mountain where Moses had had his first interaction with God, and now he is back with the people of God, and they are at the foot of the mountain. And so it's very profound because what happened to Moses will now be extended towards all the people. It is this invitation into knowledge and intimacy with God. And so what happens is we see that Moses, who at first when he approached Mount Sinai, he kind of just walked up it with his flock of sheep, not knowing uh, the sacredness of the ground upon which he stood. And now he has brought not his flock of sheep, but God's flock with him. He's brought God's people to the foot of the mountain. And he will also then feed them or nourish them, not with earthly food, but with the food of God himself. God will now reveal himself to his people in a particular way. 
Before he has spoken simply through individuals to the people and now he will still use a mediator but also the people are being brought ever deeper into the mystery. And so they are brought right to the base of the mountain. And even though they cannot go up the mountain, they are still brought close to God and they witness all the signs of God's presence. They see the majesty of God manifest in the multiple signs that show his presence now upon the mountain. And so the mountain is covered with fire, it's covered with smoke, it's lightning. It's all of these things that initially are very uninviting. <laughs> it's not where you would go, right? It's not where you would say, oh, okay, let's go up that mountain. That might be a good place to stay, right? <laughs> you look at the mountain, it's shaking, there's fire, there's lightning, there's all of these things. And the Lord says to Moses, okay, come, come up. And that's why it has been interpreted um, throughout the history of the church as not only what literally happened for Moses, obviously, but what it represents as well for the spiritual life, which is that it does represent spiritual growth. And so it the ascent of Moses up the mountain uh, represents the internal spiritual ascent that we all must make to God, a spiritual ascent towards him that passes through fire, that passes through turmoil, trial, that also is then detached from everything that is left behind and moves at God's command towards union with God which sits at the pinnacle. And in the spiritual life, we know from the uh, spiritual doctors of the church and through the long history of the church that there are two ascents in our interior that we must make, two upward movements towards God. There is what is called the ascent of knowledge and the other in the spiritual life is called the ascent of love. And it is a twofold ascent in the ways in which we must move towards God and move towards perfection. And so what we see in terms of what then surrounds the mountain with regard specifically to the fire and the lightning are the ways in which we must move with love towards God, but also then with illumination. So lightning is always this uh, sudden illumination that comes from heaven and touches earth and is a blinding light that, ir that irradiates everything in its vicinity. And so that's why it has always represented the way in which God speaks or manifests himself. It is like this lightning, this illumination which comes from above. But also there is this fire. And fire throughout the Old Testament is the means of purification. So it's the means of purification, but it is also the means of purification so that we might love more perfectly. And so this fire is present on the mountain. Uh, representing the purification that is necessary for the twofold ascent towards God, but also that this is not just an ascent of love, it is also of knowledge and of illumination. And so we see that when Moses makes his ascent, it is because he knows what God wants. God says to him, you come up here. You tell the people to stay there. Bring Aaron with you at one point. The Lord directs exactly what he wants Moses to do, and Moses is obedient to every single one of God's commandments. And so for us also, as we look at this wonderful and profound example of the people of God now and Moses as they come to the foot of Mount Sinai, it is also for us to contemplate these mysteries and see how are we ascending towards God? Are we allowing him to speak with the lightning of his truth into our life through the scriptures, through the word, through all the ways in which God speaks to us? Are we allowing his truth to illuminate our path literally as we walk in our ascent towards him? And we allow, are we allowing God's power and his fire to purify us in the interior so that we can actually make that ascent of love, so that our will can be raised up 
from what is too temporal and earthly and can begin to love God with a proper desire, placing him, quite literally, at the pinnacle of what we love and of who we love. And in that way, we then become illumined by his truth, directed by his fire. We are then able to be purified and make this ascent towards the God who has come to us. Amen.